What's up? What's good? Baby boy. <laughs> Baby girl. Last week, we discussed topics surrounding friends with benefits, do's and don'ts, signs that you're being placed in that box, and some booty cow confessions. My favorite. Those were honestly the, <laughs> the best part. This week, we're getting a little personal. We're diving into dating the wrong man or woman, destructive patterns, and how to avoid them. So grab your favorite snack. Grab your favorite drink, and, and let's, let's get, get into, into it. What is a relationship pattern? What it is. What it is. A relationship pattern is repeating the same behaviors over and over again with new people in our life. So these patterns can be both good and bad. And our relationship patterns tend to dictate three basic things. So number one, who we pick. Okay, the kind of person we get into a relationship with. Number two, how we interact with them, such as the behaviors we use with them during the actual relationship. And number three, how we let them treat us, as in what we allow them to say and do with us while we're actually in the relationship. Right, and if you take those three basic things and put it into your life, we have a few bullet points of why you would attract toxic people, whether it's toxic friends, toxic relationships. And there are a few reasons why you may find yourself continually surrounded by toxic people, right? Before we jump into this, I think it's very important to know that you should not ever, ever, ever blame yourself. If you've been attracting toxic people, there's nothing wrong with you. We've been there. <laughs> Sometimes more than once. <laughs> right. But it's important to take the following and really put it into your life and be like, you know what? I'm attracting these people because this, that, and the third. So number one, you may be recreating patterns from your past. If you grew up with toxic people around you, chances are you may still get confused with what a normal, healthy relationship actually looks like. Yes, and number two, your belief system. If your emotional needs weren't met when you were growing up, you may still be carrying the subconscious belief that other people's needs are more important than yours, and it's human nature to be drawn to what confirms our beliefs, right? Absolutely. Number three, you keep ignoring the red flags. And y'all know what Sam, how Sam feels about it. <laughs> Do not ignore those red flags, people. You are so great at finding the good in people that you overlook these flags and poor behavior. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> Number four, you're a positive person. Toxic people are used to seeing life in dark tones. So their glass is always half empty, no matter what. So your sunny disposition is a breath of fresh air in their stuffy, miserable existence. Ultimately, you just make them feel good. So they hang around, but deep down, they probably think you're naive. Yeah, and before I go to the next one, typically if you're a positive person and a toxic person is drawn to you, they're gonna do nothing but suck your energy and leave you with nothing. Absolutely. So if you're constantly feeling drained when you leave somebody. Time to go. <laughs> Number five, you're a compassionate person. These toxic people, the woe is me persona that they carry cannot survive without people like you. So remember that toxic people love to play the victim. They will play that role with anyone, especially compassionate people. 
They know that if they can get you to feel sorry for them, they can easily manipulate you. So number six, you're a natural good listener. Because of that, toxic people are attracted to you with an irresistible force. There's nothing they love more than talking about themselves or just hearing themselves talk in general. I can think of a few people. (laughs) Can't you? (laughs) Number seven, you are non-confrontational. Don't worry about me. (laughs) I do not fit in this category. I don't think either one of us do. If you are non-confrontational, you hate conflict. That's why toxic people love you. You are a little bit of a pushover. Hate to tell you. So you won't tell them off even if they're crossing a line. Can't relate. We can't relate. (laughs) Number eight, you're generous. Toxic people are natural takers, so your generosity is incredibly attractive to these types of people. The more you give, the more they're going to take, but when you need their help, they're going to disappear. Casper. Casper. Boo. Word to go. (laughs) Boo. They will be gone, honey. That's when you'll learn the hard truth that they probably really don't care about you. Yeah. And number nine, you're loyal. You do not discard people easily. Once you make a connection with someone, it's hard for you to let go, even if your gut tells you that they are not good for you. Toxic people have a knack for exploiting loyalty. Mm. And like we said before we started all these, do not feel bad. Do not feel ashamed. This is just what toxic people look for. And if you're one of these people, maybe don't take that quality away from yourself, but maybe just look for it before you get attached. And maybe you'll learn some new red flags to look out for. Our favorites. Get your binoculars. Because <laughs> you're looking out. We're not going to the circus. <laughs> okay, so toxic aside, there are also dating patterns that we fall into and we don't even realize that we're doing it. So they can hold us captive in this cycle of not getting anywhere and the people we're attracting seem to end up being oddly similar every time. So it's common for us as people to get into these ruts without even knowing or considering that our own thinking and behavior is creating these patterns that we follow. So we're gonna share six serial dating patterns that you might be guilty of, maybe you don't know it, and how to break and avoid them. Number one, dating the same type of person. Have you ever dated a few guys or a few girls and you're like, you remind me of someone. (laughs) And little do you know it's an ex or an ex or the other ex. Right. You never know. Or all of them. Yeah, or every single person you've ever laid eyes on. (laughs) There's a reason why you keep attracting the same type of person. Even when we know a certain type does not work with our personalities, we somehow seem to always end up with these people anyway. It's healthy and helpful to think back to previous partners that you may have had and try to identify any pattern that you may have noticed that did not work out with that specific person. When we figure out what type of people or personality traits or anything that we tend to fall for that didn't work out, this can help us figure out if it's a healthy match for us or not. If they aren't right for us and we find that we keep ending up with the same type of person and having the same drama, I think we need to start looking at the internal belief system of ourselves. Yes. And last but not least, I say this because a lot of our beliefs have an impact on what we attract and what we are attracted to. Our beliefs about life and relationships and finding love are areas in our lives that go unchallenged and that we're unaware of them for the most part. But they can hold us back and narrow the perspective on life. So being aware of your beliefs or values or morals means that you can challenge them and that's important. Absolutely. And number two, I feel like me and you have had this conversation about people (laughs) that we've known in our lives Uh merging with your partners during relationships. 
And what I mean by that, okay, if you find that you end up merging with your partner's hopes and dreams and you just forget who you are in the process, we need to address this. Time to start. Okay. You, and I feel like we both have known people in our lives that whoever they date, that's who they are. Mm -hmm. So change of some kind is inevitable when we meet and spend time with new people, but Knowing who you are at your core, what your hopes and dreams are, and why you're a great catch will help you stay true to yourself when you're dating someone new. Yeah, because I think it's a, it's okay to adopt certain habits or certain hobbies of whoever you're dating. Right. But to completely forego who you are and only want to do what they want to do and their dreams are now your dreams and you don't even know who you are outside of the relationship, that's when it becomes a problem. Definitely. And that's what we're talking about. Yes. So number three, being swayed by other people. When we're dating and it feels like everyone around us has an opinion and on why we're single or what we need to do or who we need to date, we have a tendency to ask everyone around us before listening to what we feel on the inside. This can lead to us deciding things that aren't necessarily right for us. Before asking your friends or family for their opinion, check in with yourself first and figure out what you truly want and then you can go based off other people's opinion. Only you know what is truly right for you. So start becoming aware of how certain decisions make you feel. Perhaps you get butterflies in your stomach or a knot of dread or heaviness on your shoulders. Whatever messages that your body's giving you, you should definitely become aware of those and keep a note, like a mental note of those. This can help us with the confidence to listen to ourselves first before other people's opinions come in. Yeah, I love that. You know, I actually heard that you should stay away from people that give you butterflies because your body, like when you get butterflies, it's technically like your body, like you're nervous. Mm. Like it's not That makes good. sense though. So you should always get with people or surround yourself with people who make you calm and peaceful because your body's reaction to like the butterflies, that's anxiety and nervousness. I actually agree with that. And, and it makes usually, a lot of you sense. know, it yeah. usually, because when you're growing up, you're like, oh my God, and like, oh, oh my butterflies. butterflies. Because Sick. when you're constantly <laughs> the only, and I don't know where I heard it from, to be honest, but when you're getting butterflies, you're going to constantly chase that feeling. Right. And it's always going to be that high almost, instead of just finding someone who calms you and gives you peace. Yeah. And that doesn't stay yeah. if you're with someone long term, you know? So number four, settling for second best. And we don't do that don't around here. Stop it. So settling for second best eats away at who we are at our core, right? If we know deep down that the person we're with is not someone we really want to mm-hmm. be with, As hard as it can be, letting them go can be easier and better for both of you in the long run. Start asking yourself how you can make life amazing on your own until the right person comes along. It's okay to be happy alone. Yeah. It's okay. Um, I'm there. (laughs) So whether it's making your home a place that you love or maybe you love to travel or you want to start a new hobby, create a life that you love and wait for a partner that's right for you. Yes. You don't have to always be with somebody. Number five, we ain't here for this, okay? (laughs) Game playing. Game playing while dating is an effing nightmare, to be honest. But it's still super easy to fall into the trap, even if you think you're like 10 steps ahead. Right. You can fall into their traps because they are creative, okay? Thanks to social media now, though, you can see when people have been online or if they've been active and just haven't messaged you back or they're ghosting you, ignoring you, whatever. People play games by not texting each other back, not committing, or not being open about it if they want to see a person again, and it all adds up to feeling like you've just been played, to be honest. 
Be confident in who you are and what's important to you. Just because other people are playing games with dating does not mean that you have to. There are people out there who do not play games, do not have the time for it, and actually want to find love and be in a healthy relationship. It may be scary to not play games, but by doing this, you will actually attract people that don't want to play games either. And that's what we want. We do, because if you start a, a relationship or a situationship mm-hmm. on playing games, and like, oh, well, he, he or she texts me back, I need to wait an hour before yeah. I text him. I have to see him busy. Or I can't give too much, I can't see... That's just going to seep over into the actual relationship. Yeah. You don't want it. And that gets old so fast, Very, very old. You know? Like, if I want to text you, it's just, we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. If I want to text you, I'm a freaking text Yeah. And if you don't text me back, trust... That I will find someone to respond to that message, okay? <laughs> Don't worry about me. And that's facts. <laughs> you didn't do it. Big blue. Big <laughs> blue. You always do it. <laughs> okay. Number six and the final one. Idealizing the other person. Ask yourself. Ask yourself. So, do you actually like them? Yeah, do you? Like at all. Or, one, are you lonely? <laughs> Or are you just projecting some dreamed-up version of a perfect match? Yeah. Because a lot of times we fall in love with who we think somebody is. That part. I'm going to say it again. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we fall in love with who we think Think. somebody is. Yes. Okay? And what do we say? Potential versus reality. Oh. Mm. Still my favorite one. (laughs) Putting someone on a pedestal is setting them up for failure in the first place. No one can live up to an imagined list of perfect attributes. And when reality finally crashes down, and it will, Mm -hmm. and you see who this person actually is, you're only going to be disappointed when they just cannot measure up to your standards. Go slow. Make sure you're seeing this person for who they are, not who you want them to be. You need to check in with yourself, okay? You know? Hey. Are you really falling for someone new? Or are you just scared to be freaking single? I said to myself, self, (laughs) do you really like him? (laughs) Since we can't change someone else's behavior, okay, we have to examine our own patterns and picking the wrong person. In doing this, we can begin to understand healthy relationships and hold that as our new standard. So we're going to give you another list. We like lists around here, people, okay? I like it. So here are seven, seven's lucky, examples of unhealthy relationship traits and seven things to know about healthy relationships. Because we, we don't like to always talk about the negative. Right. We're going to try to, There you are know. people who are in healthy relationships. <laughs> there are. Believe it or not. They do exist. They do. <laughs> so let's start with the unhealthy, okay? The yuck. The yuck, yuck, girls in the truck, however that goes. <laughs> Number one, we mistake love for physical attraction, neediness, and the need to rescue or to be rescued. Yuck. Nah. Number two, we choose emotionally and physically unavailable people. Stop doing that, bitch. (laughs) Number three, we pick people who treat us poorly and are critical, controlling, and demeaning. Yuck. Times a million. Yeah. Number four, we lose interest in our own personal interests and become merged with the other person and their interests. We talked about merge. And merge. Don't merge. Number five, we stay in or return to unhealthy relationships. Quit going back to your ex. We don't do that around here. Number six, we begin sexual relationships or become emotionally attached without really knowing someone. And number seven, we fantasize about who we think someone is and then are crushed when they fall short of that fantasy. Yes. We did the negative. 
positive. The nitty gritty. The nitty gritty. <laughs> so on the other side, these are seven traits of healthy relationships. Number one, when something is wrong, you can talk about it. Number two, you encourage each other to be better people. Number three, you have separate interests and friends and it's not a threat. Ooh. Mm. Healthy. God. <laughs> Number four, you can be vulnerable about feelings with some degree of safety with your partner. That's super important too. Mm -hmm. Number five, you can handle difficult situations as a team. Number six, you're both dedicated to spending quality time with each other. That's important too. And number seven, trust builds through your growing capacity to be honest with one another. And can I just say, number six, the, the whole thing about quality time, I feel like a lot of people, men specifically, <laughs> I'm sorry, this could just be the people I know, um, think that quality time is like laying in bed at night when you're about to go to sleep or like eating as they're on their phone or you're watching TV or they're playing whatever they're playing. Mm -hmm. Quality time actually means spending time together doing things that you normally wouldn't do. Maybe it's going to a movie, going on a date, going hiking, going somewhere that you, not in your house. If In your house, if you guys plan a date and have it romantic in your house, it's fine. Yeah. Cooking together, doing whatever. But it's not just the same thing of going to bed every single night, having that hour of watching whatever show, and then you roll over and you're going to sleep. Yeah. That's not quality time. Right, I agree. 100%. I've got a story time. This has become one of my favorite parts yeah. of the show. <laughs> so we put the question out there on Instagram and Facebook. If there was one thing you could say to your ex or an ex, what would it be? I got some genuine responses, some really funny ones. I can't wait. Some very passive aggressive oh. ones. <laughs> and then, you know, just some juicy ones. Did in you general. get just the Middle finger emoji? That's what I would have responded. I didn't, yeah. Oh. I, did, I didn't get that one. Surprising. So I did. I had men and women respond, okay? So first, first response. This is a positive one. You were and still are a wonderful man. I'm so thankful for our son that God gave us. Aww. See, some exes nice. don't hate each other. Next one. <laughs> Just thank you. Fucking thank you. Oh, God. <laughs> Thanks for letting me go. Another one. I'm always here if you need support. Nice. Can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next one, thanks for showing me all of the red flags I should watch out for in a relationship. What did we talk about? They're good for well, that. We are not going to carnivals, people. Oh, this is a good one. Choke on a big black coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> that's it? Just nothing that, else? That's oh, it. Someone said thank you, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of thank yous. Thank you. Next. And then, I hope you found what you were looking for through all the hurt and pain you caused me emotionally and physically. Aww. I can relate to that one. Yeah, that's a sad one. Um, the next one. I'm not looking too bad right about now, am I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I feel was, like that's a female. I, no, it was a man. Oh, what? It was <laughs> Good for him. And then the last one, perhaps that I was sorry for being immature. That was my biggest downfall. Oh, we like accountability around here. Honest and That's genuine. Yeah, that was a man too. Oh, nice. Yeah. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. sometimes. It is. It's very and true. And I have 
said this before. I'm not always one for closure. I don't necessarily think that it's necessary, but I know a lot of people who do. Um, but sometimes if you have an ex, and we've had them, mm-hmm. that just, you'll probably never get an apology from them. Yeah. Just accept that apology for yourself and just move on. You don't, you don't need it from them. You don't need closure from them. Chances are you're probably doing better without them. And it's just like we said, a lot of times closure's not even real. Yeah. It's a scam. It's a scam. (laughs) We're back. All right. So, we were talking about toxicity, dating patterns to look out for within others and ourselves. So, like we said, we wanted to add a little positivity. A little spice. A little sugar and spice and everything nice. Everything. (laughs) <laughs> so, it's only right that we dive into positive dating patterns if you're entering into or maybe you're already in a healthy relationship. Send us a message about that. What? Are, yeah, what are those like? <laughs> <laughs> Just if you are already in a happy relationship, here are some powerful habits to help you keep that happiness. Yes. So, number one, express appreciation daily, right? A healthy relationship is based on a pattern of positive expression, intimacy, and connection. Healthy couples acknowledge and recognize each other every day. It doesn't have to be elaborate, but it does have to be sincere. Something. For example, you could leave a note for your partner, send a sweet text during the day, or just let them know that you're thinking about them. Or you can come home and maybe do something small that you know that they would really like and appreciate. As humans, we all need to be validated by our partners, and showing gratitude regularly really does go a long way. Yes. Number two, this one's... I think my favorite. Fight fairly. Mm. Every couple disagrees, argues, and runs into their fair share of challenges. Sometimes this happens more often than we want it to, but a relationship that has regular disagreements is not necessarily an unhealthy one. It's how challenges are handled that determines the health of the actual relationship. Fighting fair means that you stay away from what marriage researcher and author Dr. John Gottman calls the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. Engaging in any of these is clinically proven to diminish the sustainability of a relationship. Healthy couples understand this, but never engage in them directed at each other, at least. Yeah, and actually that was my favorite one as well on this list. I should probably take a few notes because I don't always fight there. I don't either. And I actually, when I was reading about this, I was thinking that's actually one of my, like, faults Mm -hmm. because I don't feel like I like to argue with people but if I feel attacked by people you're going for like I'm mean like I'm coming for your throat and I'm probably gonna hurt your feelings yeah because accountability because it's so easy and you don't think about it in the moment but sometimes you say shit that you really like cannot take back oh and people don't forget oh no you know they don't like especially if it's someone you love and you're in love with you got to You got to pick your battles and pick your words. But number three, ask for what you need. This is super important too. Such as, if he truly loved me, he'd know what I need. No, he doesn't. I shouldn't have to ask. Yes, you do. She should know what she did wrong. No, she doesn't. Your partner is not a freaking mind reader. Say it again. God, your partner is not a mind reader. They see the world differently from you. They have different expectations, and they have completely different experiences. It's your job to communicate your thoughts, your needs, and your feelings. And yes, sometimes you will have to do this multiple times, Mm -hmm. okay? Especially with men. (laughs) Healthy couples stay away from assumptions. You know what happens when you assume? 
You make an ass out of you, you and me. Exactly. <laughs> Such a classic. So instead, they make it a habit to ask for what they need, and they make space for their partner's needs without being resentful. Keyword, without yeah. being resentful. The happiest couples openly talk about their desires, and they respect and honor each other's differences. And it's so basic, what I'm about to say, but it really is the truth and goes far beyond relationships. This goes literally for anything in the world. Perception is reality. Yes. Your perception is your reality. It's not always your partner's perception or your partner's reality. So if there's some sort of a disconnect, you should be communicating that disconnect. Yes. If you're not getting what you feel like you need, maybe try to explain it a different way and not, we've had this conversation 10 times. Right. Maybe the 10, the nine times... You didn't say it the way they were going to receive it. Mm-hmm. Maybe the 10th time you'll actually get through. Yeah, that's a good point. You never know. Number four, speak your partner's love language every single day. We all give and receive love in our own unique way. It's not about what's right versus wrong. It's about what works for you and your partner, together and individually, to be honest. Your needs will likely be different, and that's normal. Relationship therapist Gary Chapman created the concept of the five love languages, which are gifts, Receiving gifts, quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, and physical touch. Healthy couples take the time to learn how their partners give and receive love. Being aware of this helps maintain reciprocity, affection, and warmth in the relationship. It's, a, it's very important and vital that you not only know yourself, but your partners as well. Yeah, and you have to communicate that because... Most people are don't have the same love language. And no. if you are constantly trying to give your partner affection with the love language that you have, they're not it's not going to be received the way that you want it to be. Yeah. So number 5, do chores together. Chores. Okay. Chores. Let's face it. Feeling like you have to be someone's freaking housekeeper just creates resentment. It does. All around. In fact, Division of chores is one of the top reasons that couples enter therapy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, because it's more of a sexist thing. Well, men should do the trash. And the women should, yeah, I can see. Yeah. So healthy couples make it a priority to do their chores together. And I totally agree with this. For example, if you or your partner prefers to cook, make it the habit that the other person cleans or does the dishes. Yeah. When you clean up after your partner cooks, it shows gratitude for their cooking and that you value them. Mm -hmm. Have a discussion about how you can divide up the tasks and then rally to get it done. Doing this together builds trust, closeness, and helps prevent resentment. Number six, make time to snuggle, cuddle. Communication is important in the relationship, but people often forget how effective and meaningful touch can actually be. Physical touch releases a hormone called oxytocin. Oxytocin is claimed to be the love hormone because it plays a huge role in the relationship bonding. It also relieves emotional and physical pain, supports the immune health, and helps deepen intimacy. Healthy couples make it a priority to engage in daily physical affection no matter how busy or tired they might be. And men, this is not, oh, well, you heard them. Right. I should be getting this every single night. You know, I was going to say the same thing. She can roll over and she can hold your hand or she can give you a kiss on the cheek. Right. Some sort of physical affection. Our minds went there at the Mm -hmm. same time. Because I was like, let me add a sidebar. Sidebar. Don't be using our podcast to try to manipulate Uh your wives. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. All right, number seven. Talk about the hard stuff. 
We have two options when we're confronted with hard relationship topics. We can either avoid them and hope they magically disappear. Ooh, where'd they go? <laughs> Fairies. <laughs> Fairies. It's the land of make-believe. <laughs> or we can lean into them, practice being authentic, and deal with what happens. When we avoid our problems, we give them the opportunity to grow and leak out in other ways. Healthy couples rarely avoid hard topics. Instead, they make the time to discuss them and explore concrete solutions. It's definitely not easy, but you have to do it. It's necessary. Yes. Number eight, boundaries. You will rarely see a healthy relationship that lacks boundaries. Boundaries are what set the space between where you end and another person begins. Healthy couples openly talk about and respect each other's boundaries as a way to ensure that their needs are not only being met, but they feel safe in their relationship. Topics might include emotional boundaries, how much time you spend together versus apart, physical boundaries such as physical touch, sex, intimacy of any kind, and even digital boundaries, how often you check in, posting about your relationship, following each other's friends on social media, so on and so forth. Yes, and then number nine, forgive and move on. I'm going to say it again, forgive and move on. Healthy couples know that their relationship runs on forgiveness. It can't survive without it. It's not possible. Nope. Learning to sincerely apologize and forgive is crucial for a peaceful existence and a strong relationship. So an apology isn't about making a fight go away. It's a sincere attempt to overcome an issue as a team and then move on from that issue. In a healthy relationship, you choose to be happy rather than right. Often that requires a sincere apology. Don't end an apology with a qualification like, I'm sorry, but dot, dot, dot. Instead, you can take responsibility by saying, I'm sorry because I dot, dot, dot. Or literally, I'm sorry, period. Right. There no, there's no but. Or making the apology about how, how I wouldn't they have, feel. Right, I wouldn't have done that if you hadn't have done this. Right. That's not an apology. No. No. When you're apologizing, I'm sorry because I did this. Or... You know, because a lot of times things are just miscommunicated and misread. Mm -hmm. And if you actually sincerely apologize and the other person thinks that you actually give a crap about them, mm -hmm. that's how you move on from stuff. Yeah. And last but not least, number 10, spend time apart. Spend time apart. Some of y'all need this message, bro. <laughs> Healthy couples have both closeness and independence. You don't have to be attached at the hip, attached at the throat, attached at the armpit, the rib, I don't know. Healthy couples take space to pursue a life outside of their partner, and that's okay. How well partners succeed in honoring each other's needs for togetherness and separateness greatly impacts how satisfied they are within the relationship. The ability to separate from your partner and enjoy time on your own shows a relationship that has trust and a healthy attachment system. And I don't know about you, but people, couples that literally almost are act afraid to let their partner even like... Go to the bathroom by themselves? Yes. <laughs> most of the time there's something underlying there. How do you yeah. feel about that? I, I agree. Like, I don't think you can have a healthy relationship and never do anything separate from each other. And I see some people, you know, older people who have, like, the same email, that's fine. Younger people who, like, want to have the same email. We've talked about it in our very first episode oh, of this joint Facebook account. Don't even get me started. You know, if you're, like, over the age of, like, 60 or man, 55, maybe, <laughs> I'll give you the joint Facebook account. Maybe. But if you're like 18 or 20 or under 30 or under 40, it's okay that they have their own social media account. Yeah. 
I mean, especially if they're giving you, like, the password and stuff. I mean, that's going to be up in the, you know. And me and you are so big on our time alone. I I could not survive in a relationship like that. No. I know that it wouldn't work. Time out. I need, like, an hour away from you. No, like, a weekend. No. <laughs> Jeannie. Yes. <laughs> like, just... No, it's healthy to spend time apart because it actually gives you a chance to, like, miss each other. Mm-hmm. And don't, I've had actually somebody use that against me before in a previous relationship. Don't misconstrue that. That doesn't mean that you just get to, can just ignore your significant other whenever you want to. Be like, I'm giving you a chance to miss me. Right. Like, that bullshit <laughs> right. out the window. Don't Facts. Don't come at me with that. <laughs> I mean, genuinely, going and hanging out with friends outside of, like, the couple friends. Right. Like, if you have a friend and they have a friend and you want to have a night out or whatever, a weekend away, that's fine. Imagine if me and you could just never go out by ourselves. Mm. They wouldn't last here. Mm-mm. You'd hate it here. You, <laughs> you will not like it. All right. That is all we have for you guys today. today. Hope you enjoyed the pros, the cons. The unhealthy and the healthy. The juicy feedback. <laughs> and like always, please continue to send us messages. When we're putting these questions out there, even if you've responded to something and you haven't heard your feedback yet, we're going to use it. Yeah. And we love hearing it. We know our listeners love to hear it. And like we say, we're always going to keep it anonymous. But don't forget to go on there and do us a huge favor. Please rate and review. Huge. Please. On Apple. On Apple. And we wanted to go ahead and say it's about to be Labor Day. Labor Day. Labor Day. So happy Labor Day. Happy Labor Day. But stay safe. Yes. A lot of people traveling. A lot of parties. A lot of drinking. A lot of parties. A lot of stuff going on. Be careful. Wrap it up. (laughs) (laughs) Not where I was going. But I get yes, what she said. Trust me. Just trust me. (laughs) But as always, guys... Be on the lookout for next week because we have a juicy episode. We're going to be debating, fire topic, debating some relationship topics on the fly. So it should be a good time. If you have a question that's popped into your mind, you're like, you know what? I really want their opinion on this. Send it on over via Instagram. You can DM us, co.signpodcast, and we'll debate it. And as always, every Tuesday, we're coming at you. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Uh-huh. Oh my god. Oh